0: Hello and welcome to Books by Old Dead Guys. I'm David. I'm Scott. And this is episode 11. 11 of the Books by Old Dead Guys podcast. Wow. And I still uh, am not used to saying that to be quite <laughs> honest with you. Still <laughs> Which still part?
1: the Books by Old Dead Guys or the 11? the podcast part oh, ending the podcast with the part.
0: word episode such and such of this podcast is still like just still gets me every time. <laughs> so
1: Yeah, of all the of all the most likely people to ever produce a podcast, it wasn't us. It wasn't us, but it's fun. I hope that you're benefiting from it. Hope that it's been it's been a, it's been profitable to us, and and we're both committed to. So long as it's profitable and a blessing to us, we we'll just keep doing it. Yeah. And uh, and if you're tagging along and enjoying this, well, praise the Lord. We're thankful that you're here. We are walking through uh, the Valley of Vision, a collection of Puritan prayers and devotions. We talked a little bit last time about the book and uh and why we're doing it and what we're doing and today what we'd like to do is read uh, at least one these are unscripted we don't really come in with a plan Plan. we plan most everything else in our lives this felt like something that would be fun to be a Mm -hmm. little spontaneous with so we might get one done we might get two done it's it we'll see what happens but but for sure we're going to start today we've been taking turns picking david picked an outstanding one last week if you haven't listened to episode 10 go back and listen to it just a great one on suffering walking through suffering well and finding God to be the greatest good. Uh, this week, I wanted to, to move kind of towards the end of the book. I'm going to do one on on faith. Now, I think we have two different editions of the book. Uh, mine is a little, um, I bet it's a little older. I've got the, the 1975 one. Ooh. And so, nope, nope, I was just, I'm just kidding. I've got the 2007 one. So maybe what happens, either in print it, it changed, doesn't matter. So towards the end of the book, I'm on page 160. David, what page did you say you were on?
0: My page for the prayer we'll be reading is 158. So we're, we're at a margin of error of two pages.
1: So if you're if you're looking for this with us, then here, I'm going to tell you how to find it. And then feel free to pause us, and we'll be back in a second. But here's what you do. You go to the contents. They're broken down in sections. Okay, Section 1, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Section 2 is redemption and reconciliation. Section 3 is penitence and deprecation. That sounds delightful. Needs and devotions is next. Holy aspirations is next. Approach to God, section six. Section seven is gifts of grace. And that is where we are. We are in section seven. It's going to be the fourth prayer. It's going to be, for me, it was on page 160. For David, it's on page 168. 158. 158, sorry. So we're going to give you just a second. If you want to pause the podcast, you can find it and get back right with us. And we'll just just be right here. So you just go ahead and find it. And we'll be here when you get back. You can pause it now. (laughs) Hi. Welcome back. Did you find it? (laughs) Oh, good. Okay. Here we go. So, uh, faith. I will read it this week, and then we'll spend some time talking through what it says. My God, I bless thee that thou hast given me the eye of faith to see thee as Father, to know thee as a covenant God, to experience thy love planted in me, for faith is Is the grace of union by which I spell out my entitlement to thee. Faith casts my anchor upwards where I trust in thee and engage thee to be my Lord. Be pleased to live and move within me, breathing in my prayers, inhabiting my praises, speaking in my words, moving in my actions, living in my life, causing me to grow in grace." Thy bounteous goodness has helped me believe, but my faith is weak and wavering. Its light dim, its steps tottering, its increase slow, its backsliding's frequent. It should scale the heavens, but lies groveling in the dust. Lord, fan this divine spark into glowing flame. When faith sleeps, my heart becomes an unclean thing. The fount of every loathsome desire, the cage of unclean lusts, all fluttering to escape, the noxious tree of deadly fruit, the open wayside of earthly tares. Lord, awake faith to put forth its strength until all heaven fills my soul and all impurity is cast out. Mm. So one of my favorite uh, sections of the Gospel of Mark is Mark chapter 9. And uh, there's this picture. It's kind of post-transfiguration of Jesus, right? They're coming down, and uh, the disciples have been trying to help this dad, whose son uh, is thrown into the fire, and having all these seizures and fits, and they couldn't cast. They were unable to cast the demon out, and uh, the dad comes to uh, to the uh, to Jesus to ask him for help, and, and there's this there's this point where he he looks at him and and says just this statement that I think. Really typifies most of our Christian experience, which is I believe help, help my, my own unbelief. belief, and uh, and there's this you know there's a reason that Jesus, when talking about faith, says if you only had faith the size of a mustard seed, you could tell this mountain to be cast into the sea, and it would go. And it's because our faith is somehow in God's economy actually smaller than said mustard seed, and and you could feel the writer of this prayer. Feeling how small his faith is, and and asking, really, essentially, just in a much longer way, for the same thing that Father was asking: help my unbelief. Mm. And that that's always why this one has been so helpful to me, because I find myself um, in seasons of doubt. Often, Mm. you know, I've 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 uh, talked to the congregation before about doubt being uh, such an incredible temptation for all Christians. I never I never fear for the Christian who's quick to talk about their doubt. I'm, I'm more fearful of the Christian who doesn't. I'm more fearful of the Christian who says, oh, I've never doubted God, because if you've never really faced doubt, I doubt you've actually really come to grips with what real belief is. And and so as he, you know, he starts and he says, I bless thee, and this is a key statement. It starts everything, right? I bless thee, in all words, Thank you, Lord that thou has given me the eye of faith. Thank you, God. He's saying that you have given me faith. That faith is a gift. Mm -hmm. It's given by God. Now, that is a really, really important statement Mm -hmm. uh, because it it implies a whole lot of things, you know, that that my faith is not my own. It has to be given to me. And there's a whole set of theological presuppositions that accompany that statement. But he he starts there, and then he says what this faith does, right? Number one, Sees him as father. You know, that, that It's really key um, for us to see God as, as father. And to, to do so is really a step of faith. To know thee as covenant God. In other words, God has promised. He's going to keep his promises. He has kept his promises. We would say all the promises are yes in Jesus. You know, he's, he's kept them. He will keep them. And to experience thy love planted in me. So in other words, he, he, sometimes we have to simply believe that God loves us. And there are times in life where it's easier to do that than others, but but that is a that's a requirement. It's a thing we must do to pursue holiness and godliness. And so I just love um, starting there. This this you know he, he's going to immediately begin with this is given by God, and this is why it's given. So that I would see that God is Father. So that I would see that God has kept His promises, and I would see that God, the Father who's kept His promises, loves me. Mm. And yeah. that's four lines.
0: Yeah, and then he goes on faith is the grace of union by which i spell out my entitlement to thee
1: that's a that's a difficult sentence
0: yeah but i i, I mean i think what he's hitting on is the faith that you gave me really unites me to you and and it, it requires something of me yes there's a requirement there that the lord has given me faith and now i am entitled to him yep that yep. That the faith that he's given me means that he's given me life and, and everything. That I owe him my all. Hmm.
1: Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Faith cast my anchor upwards. Which is an interesting picture. Faith cast my anchor upwards. upwards. Now, I like to fish. And I really enjoy boating. And I'm going to tell you something. <laughs> I have never cast my anchor upwards. Mm. Not one time, not physically. You know, but 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 the whole reason behind this this great, this is this great word picture. And this is why I love this book. You know that that there is we have to put an anchor somewhere. You know, mm-hmm. it's it's back to boating. I can, I can remember being when I was a kid. We bought this little John boat to go fishing in. Me and a buddy of mine. We split money. We worked all summer, and it was just big enough to fit in the back of a truck. And what we didn't know we needed was an anchor. True mm. story. And and we start we start out in this cypress swamp just. You know, we put the boat in, and that, and that sounds as foreboding as, as it should. And, and you know, we wanted to stop because you'd find these places where the fish are biting, and you can't stop. There's there's no way to stop, because, and you just keep scooting past. And, and you'd have to run it up against a tree somewhere. Well, you don't want to do that. There, there are all kinds of potential reasons why that's a bad idea. This is not a fishing podcast. It's a period podcast. But but in, in any of those things, you know, you, what we needed and when we finally did it wasn't it wasn't that expensive but when we picked it up you put the rope on the boat you put the other side of the rope on the anchor you drop the anchor down and now you're there and it doesn't matter where the wind blows it doesn't matter what happens on the lake when the anchor is dropped the boat is secure and mm-hmm. so there's this picture of what faith does for us is it casts our anchor but instead of casting it in this world instead of casting it in the circumstances in this world instead of casting it in in the hope that one day my family is going to be okay or I'm going to be okay or I'm not going to be sick anymore or if I just work hard enough I'm going to accomplish this goal none of those things are sufficient instead i cast my anchor upward mm. and hope and believe in the covenant god who is my father who's promised himself to me
0: yeah yeah, I mean, it's the words of Paul, right? Like, we look not to the things that are seen, but to the things that are unseen. 2 Corinthians. Yeah, not to the things that are temporary, but to those that
1: are eternal. Man, as an aside, like, the Lord has just used Second Corinthians so many ways in my life huh? in the second half of this year. Just neat to see. Okay. All right, so, so then... You know, So then he goes from that, to, to, to this what, what faith does for me, to now, here's what I need. Be pleased to live and move within me. And then he talks about his faith, breathing in my prayers. Like you think of the scriptures, that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us with a groaning too deep for words. Mm. You know, sometimes you don't even know how to pray. And that's okay for what it's worth. If you're listening and you have these circumstances in life and you're not quite sure how to pray, I have found myself many times saying, Lord, I'm not really sure how I should pray for this but I know I should pray for this and I believe I believe that God is is honored by that innocency almost a, a naivety or but but more than that a an admission of our own inability you know and so you get this God breathing in your prayers inhabiting my praises you mm. know? So, so what is what does faith have to do with with praising God and the answer is, everything (laughs) how can
0: how can you praise if you do not believe in the god you are praising
1: yeah and it makes it makes worship or praise if you will i think most of the time in our culture we think most often of praise as as music and there's nothing inherently wrong with that but but it makes worship so much more than an emotional experience that god's god's glory can inhabit the praise of his people and you never get goosebumps about it Mm. and i think that's really helpful uh, because often we think I've got to have some sort of emotional experience in order for God to inhabit my praise no nope. really all you have to do is, is is believe and read his word and that will inhabit yeah you know, the you his glory will inhabit the praise of the people speaking in my words moving in my actions living in my life like he's kind of getting all these you know pretty, pretty much every, all, everything I do you know just a little a more poetic way of saying it and then finally causing me to grow in grace. That if, that if we are people of faith we will look more like Jesus in the long run yeah so that then bodyous goodness has helped me believe so not only is faith a gift our faith is aided by the lord himself but my faith so now so now he's going to transition right this is all these great benefits of faith it's everything faith should do but <laughs> here's how I feel right now lord mm-hmm. he says my faith is weak and wavering it's light, dim. It steps tottering. It's increased slow. It's backsliding frequent, and so he said it should scale the heavens, but lies grovelling in the dust. And then here's his request: fan this divine spark into glowing flame. Because he recognizes by the end of this thing, here are the effects of weak faith. Here's what happens when when I don't do this. When I don't fan my faith into flame and he says my heart becomes an unclean thing and then he starts to describe it right what do i mean by unclean thing And he gives all these great puritan word pictures mm-hmm. to exactly what he's what he's getting after but then finally his last prayer lord awake faith to put forth its strength until all heaven fills my soul and all impurity is cast out mm. Yeah, that how much should we believe? You know, I feel like sometimes it can be very easy for us to be contented with just enough faith to get us out of hell. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? I feel oh, like yeah. We can, we, you know, there are a great many people who would profess the name of Christ and would find themselves to be satisfied with just enough grace, just enough faith that they don't go to hell when they die. Mm-hmm. And I, I believe that if the writer of this were here, he would say that's that's not faith at all. Mm-hmm. And what I'm after is for, I think it's C.S. Lewis who says, when when the Lord comes to, when Jesus comes to inhabit a heart, he didn't come to renovate the room. He came to tear the whole house down and rebuild it. Mm. You know, that, that he, he, you know, Jesus is not satisfied being put in his little compartment. No. Uh, because he's the king of heaven and earth. He's the king of glory. And once we see him and we've tasted and seen that the Lord is good, There should be a desire to kill sin. And that's what the the Puritans are about, anything. They're about killing Killing sin. Killing some sin. Yeah, it's John Owen, which I'm sure we'll read sometime on this podcast, The Mortification of Sin. You're either about the business of killing sin or sin is about about the the business business of killing 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 you. you. And how do you kill sin? And the answer is, it is is hard work. It is. But where does that work start? It can't just begin with effort, right? It has to begin with grace. Mm. That... That all sanctification is grace driven effort. Yeah. I and mean, you can't white knuckle your way into having deeper faith. Uh, but but when we behold Jesus, when we look at him, we see him for who he is, our faith is strengthened, and the you know, the song Turn Your Eyes Upon Jesus song, the things of this world grow strangely, strangely dim, dim in the light of his glory and grace. You know that's that's what this, that's what the the writer's after. He's saying you know I I need faith. I know that faith can, is going to do these things. My faith is weak and wavering, but I don't want it to be. And and at the end of the day, the reason I think I love this one so much is because it speaks to the desire of the heart. You know another great Puritan book, um, the Bruised Reed that I bet we'll read by Richard Sibbs. Um,
0: our list is growing pretty getting, long. We got a lot of work to do, David. <laughs> uh,
1: but there is um, there is this this underlying principle of the whole thing, you know, that comes out of Isaiah that, that God doesn't break the bruised reed, He doesn't quench the smoldering flax. That that a little faith with desire will become more. And mm-hmm. so, you know, for what it's worth, it's not often that we make a straight appeal to the listener. Um, but if there's more than six or seven. Uh, It's almost certain there's one of us who's really wrestling with weak, feels like it's failing, almost extinguished faith. The the good news of the gospel for you is that God does not break the bruised reed, that he takes that little bit of faith. It's that it comes back to kind of ending where you began, right? It comes back to, to Mark 9, that that when we come before our master and we say, I believe, help my unbelief. He will help us. And it will grow and it will become something different than it currently is. It will become something more. But that also takes time. Mm-hmm. Not an easy process. Not a, not a quick fix. Um, mountains and valleys and peaks and highs and lows and all that stuff. But at the end of the day... God is pleased to increase the faith of his people, especially when we ask him to. So, yeah, there you go. I just took the whole time on that one, but I really like that one. So, yeah. So the challenge is going to be to see if David will take up the whole time on the next one.
0: Mm. (laughs) We shall see. Time will tell.
1: (laughs) All right. Well, thank you so much, friends. We appreciate the opportunity to just share with you the way these books have impacted us and and I for sure uh, have enjoyed the opportunity to do that today if you enjoyed this would you do us a favor we are on lots of different podcast medium would you do two things number one would you like us Uh, I mean there's there's different ways you can like it follow us that helps us keep track to know that this has been a blessing to other people and that we should continue to be broadcasting it and then also if you want to share it with others that you think may benefit from this we'd love it if you did that David closing thoughts
0: Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't, I can't think of anything to add.
1: So Mm. well done. Well, thank you, brother. Well, that was great. So thank you, friends. We'll catch you again. uh, Just one episode from now when we do episode 12. (laughs) Take care. Goodbye.